lied about everything else. Three months ago, the elections for the European Parliament had been held, and Douglas's mother was returned for a second term as the MEP for Strathclyde. All the local newspapers carried variations of the same carefully staged photo opportunity. Carol Brady was standing on the forecourt of a big Glasgow hotel, smiling and holding a bunch of roses. Douglas was standing in the background next to the provost, his arm slung casually around a pretty blonde woman's waist. The caption named her as Elspeth Brady, his wife. Maureen had written to the General Registrar in Edinburgh, sending a postal order and Douglas's details, asking for a 15-year search on the public marriage register. She remembered caring desperately when she had sent the letter three months ago, but now the response had arrived. It was just a curiosity. The outer door was jammed open by Audrey's mop bucket. One of the cubicle doors was shut and a thin string of smoke rose from behind the door. Maureen tiptoed over the freshly mopped floor, locked the cubicle door and sat on the edge of the toilet, ripping the fold open with her finger. The marriage certificate said that he had been married in 1987 to Elspeth Mary McGregor. Maureen felt a burst of lethargy like an acid rush in her stomach. Hello, called Audrey from the other cubicle, speaking in the strangled accent she reserved for addressing the management. It's all right, said Maureen. It's only me, smoke on. When she got back to the office, Liz was excited. He phones again, she said, looking at Maureen as if this were great news. I said you weren't in today and he shouldn't phone back. He must be mad for you. Maureen couldn't be arsed responding. I really don't think so she said, and slipped his marriage certificate into her handbag. At six o'clock, Maureen phoned Leslie at work. Listen, do you fancy meeting an hour earlier? I thought your appointment with the psychiatrist was in Wednesdays. Oh, aye, said Maureen, cringing. I'll just dog it today. Right, doll, said Leslie. I'll get you there at what, half six? Half six it is, said Maureen. Liz helped to shut up the booth and then left Maureen to carry the day's takings around the corner to the night safe. Maureen walked slowly, taking the long way through the town, avoiding the Albert Hospital. Cathedral Street is a wind tunnel. It's a long slip road for the M8 motorway and was built as a dual carriageway to accommodate the heavy traffic. The tall office buildings on either side prevent cross breezes from tempering the eastern wind as it rolls down the hill, gathering nippy momentum as it crosses the graveyard and sweeps down the broad street. Maureen had misjudged the weather. Her thin cotton dress and woolen jacket did nothing to keep out the cold and her toes were numb in her boots. Louisa would be sitting behind her desk on the ninth floor of the Albert right now, her hands clenched in front of her, watching the door, waiting for her. Maureen didn't want to go... The echoey corridors and smell of industrial disinfectant freaked her every time, reminding her of her stay in the northern. The nurses there were kind, but they fed her with food she didn't like and dressed her with the curtains open. The toilets didn't have locks on them so that the patients couldn't misuse the privilege of privacy for a suicide bid. When she first got out, each day was a trial. She was terrified that she might snap and again be a piece of meat to be dressed every morning in case of visitors. Her current therapist, Dr Louisa Wishart, said that her terror was a fear of vulnerability, not loss of dignity.
and every time she went to see Louisa, the same 50-year-old underweight man was sitting in the waiting room. He kept trying to catch her eye and talk to her. She cut her waiting time as thin as possible to avoid him, sitting in one of the toilets or havering around in the lobby. She had been attending the Albert since Angus Farrell at the Rainbow Clinic referred her eight months before. By the time she had her first session with Louisa, she knew she was going to be all right, that therapy was an empty gesture to medicalise a deep sadness. She tried to stop going to Louisa, but her mother, Winnie, caused an almighty fuss, phoning her four times a day to ask how she was. She went back to the Albert and said that she had been resisting a breakthrough in her therapy. Having been brought up Catholic, it seemed that she had always been passing her inner life in front of someone or other for approval. So she lied, changing the names and making up storylines to entertain herself. She rarely talked about her family. Louisa smiled sadly and gave her obvious advice. She took a cut off to the high